0: Today's
2: episode of the Believe in Steelers Show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL regular season is less than two weeks away. And if you want to bet on any of the football action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
1: 365, 247, any sport. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head to bet online today
2: to make your first sports bet. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor, IT. It's not every day we get to be graced with the presence of a legend. Absolutely psyched for today's guest here on the Believe in Steelers show.
1: Man, the one and only. Every time I hear his voice, I told him before we even started the show, every time I heard his voice, I feel like we, that we uh that I'm watching the NBA or an NFL game, or NCAA, any sport. It's just it's a it's it's a legendary voice, which is rare. So that means he must be real good, and he's been doing it for a long time because it's a lot of people in the world. And when you can just uh, when you have a distinguished voice like that, and you just recognize it asap, that's special.
2: Yes, today's guest, Ian Eagle. He calls NBA, NFL, college basketball. Ian, is there anything you don't do?
3: <laughs> uh, if you're willing to pay my fee, I'll pretty much do anything. It, it, it's a pretty simple equation in my world.
1: So, Mr. Ian, uh, is 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 it true? Is your is your nickname Bird?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been the bird for for a long time. You, you get. You get a lot of different permutations when your last name is Eagle. People think it's a made up name. It is not. It is my given name. This is what my parents decided upon. And then when your first name's Ian, people assume it's Ian, but my parents named me after my father's mother, Ida, and there were limited options. They could have gone Ike. I could have easily been Ike Eagle. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same way, but yeah. you're looking at Ike, hey, they, Isaac, they be, Ivan, uh, limited yeah. options. Hey, we
1: both got eyes, in our that name. That's all that matters, so we great.
3: Three letters, baby.
1: Three letter. Hey, we the three-letter group. <laughs> I'm close because <laughs> I've got
2: four. I'm, I'm one character away. You don't count. Mark, yeah. you're out. Yeah. You're out, Mark.
1: You're on your own, Mark. <laughs>
2: Ian, you've been calling NFL games for decades. Before the season, Ben Roethlisberger announcing his retirement. He's been the Steelers quarterback for 18 years. Just how strange is it going to be for you to be calling a game this season and Big Ben is not going to be under center?
3: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to even talk about it because he's been such a part of the fabric of this team, so closely associated with the organization, with the city, with championship-level football. Uh, He'll be in the Hall of Fame, as we know, uh, without question, and belongs there. So when that chapter closes, there's two ways to go. You can either get overwhelmed by the mystery of whatever the next chapter is going to look like, or you embrace it. And knowing Mike Tomlin and his approach to not just football but life, Mike Tomlin says, bring it on. Let's go. Let's write the next chapter. And not intimidated by the fact that this is a transition and things are changing. And uh, there's something just very different about walking into Steeler camp now without Big Ben there. Uh, They addressed it. Uh, They got a veteran in Mitchell Trubisky. And obviously, with kenny pickett they believe they have the future now it's just a matter of sorting out how that's going to go uh, how it will be perceived publicly but really more importantly and and ike knows this how it's handled behind the scenes because that's really what matters Uh, the communication and the dynamic in that locker room where everybody feels good about this next phase of pittsburgh steeler football
1: this what this is what Coach T embraces. He and you said the best, Mr. Iron. He loves the adversity, not really adversity. He loves the what's next. He loves the unknown. He 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 loves the. Okay, now I got a new chapter in life. That's that's just his personality. He always was like that, and it's hard, you know. But he for some reason he's built for it. I'm not gonna say he makes it. Well, he does make it look easy when when you just embrace adversity. A lot of people run for run from it, but Coach T, yeah. um, he definitely don't run from it. But I got I got a question because it's just it's just on my mind, Mr. Ion. You've been an analyst for a long time. You've been doing TV, radio, what you've been doing it for a long time. I want to say since 1992. What? How much is it of a transition from calling an NBA game to an NFL game?
3: Yeah, completely different. I started doing NBA in 1994 and. The speed of the game is what dictated the pace. So you as a play-by-play announcer, the job is to be a conduit from the action to the listener or viewer. And you've got to match that without it being out of control and chaotic. How do you take what's happening on the court and synthesize it and then get it into a digestible form for the listener or the viewer. NBA certainly trains your brain in a certain way. Rat-a-tat-tat, quick. Uh, All of it is just happening at at a pace that if you let it overwhelm you, it can. Right. So it was really good training in a way that I started NBA. I get to NFL in 1997, first on the radio and then television next year. And the routine of it is set up completely different. You have action and then you have break every single time. Not continuous action. It's one major action and then break until the next action. So you've got to really nail those bursts when you have a big play in the NFL. If you're not on it, if you're looking at your notes, if you're focused on something else – you could look up and have no idea what's happening in the moment, and you only get x number of chances in a game. NBA, it's continuous. You miss a bounce pass, you miss something in the action. You can figure out a way to to circumvent but, and get yourself there. NFL, you miss it, you're done, and you get it back. You cannot get it back. So, I think just the the routine of the NFL, it. It forces you into supreme focus and concentration the second the ball is snapped to the second the whistle is blown. And that's not to say that you turn your brain off at that moment, but that's when the analyst jumps in. Now you're watching sideline, who's coming in, who's coming out, when they get into the huddle, when they break the huddle. Your brain is now anticipating where certain guys are on the field, and you try to visualize – what may happen. You can't predict it, but you can visualize. NBA, there's none of that. You don't have any time to just rest your brain. It's continuous all the time. So very, very different approaches. And I really enjoy them both. But if you attack it the same way, it's not going to work.
1: So you got a a long list. A very interesting answer. You got a long list of, of colleagues that you work with uh, I'm going to stay on the NFL side because I don't play or uh, I never play in the NBA. Who are some of your favorite to work with for the NFL and why?
3: NFL, uh, you you spend about 20 weeks with this person. So think about it. Almost half your year is spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days of the week is with this person. It's a true partnership. Gotcha. I started with a guy that went to Pitt, Mark May, and then eventually right. won Super Bowls with Washington. And it was terrific to, to play off his expertise and uh, the odd couple approach. Uh, you know, he's six foot five. I'm not. Right. <laughs> it's just right out of the gate, the visual of that. And we just made it work. We hit it off from day one. First game I did in the NFL on television was Peyton Manning's first game. With the indianapolis colts so colts miami peyton manning's debut we walk into indy the first guy i meet with in a production meeting is peyton manning first guy he walks into the room he says hey Ian, i'm peyton manning great to meet you i'm like you know my name like he this guy is so meticulous you just assume oh all right well every nfl player is going to be prepared like this and you realize no 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 this is peyton manning It's it's not that way. Yeah. So that first game, we go to uh, St. Elmo's, a famous steak joint in Indianapolis. And what they're known for is their shrimp cocktail sauce. So Mark May and I, when our production crew were having our first meal and I like spicy. Right. I said, let's go bring it. I'd never had it. Let's go. They bring it. I take the first bite. Yeah. All right. I'm cool. Mark May takes the first bite he has to leave the table. <laughs> He's got to leave the table. Doesn't have enough water on the table to even quell what just happened to him. So that was that was the Friday night of our first game and you know it just sets a tone for three-year partnership. I worked then with Solomon Wilcots for right. 8 years. Yep. 8 years partnership. Yep. You get to know a human being very well. You spend 8 years 20 weeks a year. And Solomon and I became really close friends, and there's a trust on the air. Then some things uh, get mixed around. Solomon ends up with a different partner. I'm with Rich Gannon for one year, former NFL MVP. We have a blast. And then I get paired with Dan Fouts for 10 years. That doesn't happen normally in in a, a network setting. And Dan and I become really, really close friends and confidants. And then Charles Davis enters the mix, Third year, Charles is a pro's pro about as nice a human being as you'll be around, as giving a partner as you'll be around. And it's a true team effort with our group. And Evan Washburn's our sideline reporter. And guys, we just have a blast. We have a lot of fun. We take it seriously. But we also recognize that uh, you got to enjoy yourself while you do it. If you enjoy yourself, the hope is the audience feels that and you exude that joy week in and week out when I call a game I put everything I've got into it I hope I hope you can't you can't please everybody in the world but I hope that the people that watch know that this person has immersed themselves in this event and cares a lot about doing right by the audience
1: your most memorable moment while calling a game in the NFL.
3: Oh, man. NFL, I've had two of these crazy, wacky endings, almost a third when Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown uh, worked a sideline route against the Dolphins, if I remember correctly. That was almost a touchdown, but Antonio's left toe was out of bounds along that left sideline. That would have been one of the most incredible endings of all time. Uh, but I did have the the Dolphin Patriot ending with Kenyon Drake circling and getting to the end zone with Rob Gronkowski inexplicably on the field in a safety position anticipating a Hail Mary. That was nuts. I had put away my notes already. Like the game was done. Dan Fouts had a tight flight, so we were trying to make sure we got out of there. It's like, oh, all right. I'll save four seconds. I'll put away my notes so then when the game's over, we can just dart out. And the game ends in the most ridiculous of fashion. Dan did not make his flight, by the way. That, that didn't work <laughs> out for him. And then during, during the pandemic, we're in a near-empty stadium in Phoenix or Glendale, Arizona, and Kyler Murray tosses a game winner against the Buffalo Bills in a game that – the Cardinals really had no right to win. Buffalo outplayed them. Right. Uh, it was the previous play from Josh Allen that uh, put the Bills in front. You assume, all right, Arizona's going to limp here to the finish line. Huge win for Buffalo. And Murray keeps it alive and throws uh, the famous hail Murray. Right. Yeah, Those two, probably the most memorable endings, but I've had a bunch of playoff games, TV, radio. Right. And Ike, the way I like to – to answer this because I really believe it. I don't think I've done that game yet. I still think there's a game in my future that's going to be the answer to that question. Ooh. So you just never know when you walk in the stadium, that's the great part about the NFL. It could Ooh, that, be that special moment that you've been waiting for. Oh, that
1: means you love what you do. Yeah. And you, you just, you just pinpointed two two close out games that I still remember. Oh, yeah. You, like, I got still haven't hit that moment yet. So in my mind, you telling me, matter of fact, I'm just going to ask you, how long do you think you got left doing this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a great question. I am uh, 53 years old. So while I've been doing it, it's my 25th year at CBS doing the NFL. Okay. And I know there are certain people in this business that look to work until they're 75 and beyond. I can't see that happening. I just know that I've been doing this a long time. There's going to come a day where I say it's, it's time for the next generation and I'm cool with that. I'll be at peace with that, but I do know I've got some, some years and good years left in me. So without putting a, a number on it, uh, yeah. I would say that I I'm still going to be doing this for a while and hopefully doing it at a, at a high level and enjoying it because the reality, like you know this better than anybody because you lived it. When the day comes that you don't enjoy the work that goes into showing up on Sundays, obviously very different, physical. Your body was sending you signals and there was that moment where you said, okay, that's it. I wasn't excited today to do all that, to show right. up on Sunday. And the day that I don't like the preparation and the travel and the camaraderie that that day whatever that is that's the day you say okay uh, i'm good D- this this was a nice run
1: i uh, you preach it right now because <laughs> for real this this is this is how i retire uh, yeah. we 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 played the cincinnati bengals aj green beat me on the post route and i wasn't upset yeah and if i don't play mad I shouldn't be playing football at all. You knew it. You knew it. I went to the sideline. I told Coach T. I said, uh, Coach T, don't put me in no more. And he was like, Mm. what? I said, Coach T. And Coach T can tell you this and Kevin Colbert because Kevin Colbert, the former GM,
3: tried to
1: get into the Hall of Fame as well. Agreed. Like, oh, Ike, he just beat you one time. Don't worry about it. He called me Ike. Kevin Colbert called me Ike. I say, Kev. I'm no good. I'm not upset. I say I'm done. Mm. And Coach T and Kev asked me one more time, and this is coming from Kevin Cole because I just saw him in training camp. Yep. Looked me in my eyes and they said, oh yeah, he's done. Yep. He's done. So I I had to get beat for me to realize I lost Mm. the past. No good for nobody. I'm no good to this team. I'm no good to my family. Like, I'm just gonna be going through the motions and this is this isn't gonna be fun. But Mark, I Man. retired during the game. Mm. During the game, the Cincinnati Bengals game. And yeah. we we went back, we flew back, we met on Monday. I said, look, if y'all need to release me, y'all can release me. I would love to still be here. Cause I was hurt. That's when I broke my uh I broke my form in the preseason. So, but I enjoyed the process of getting the younger guys prepared than me actually playing, but I didn't know at the time. So I sat in all the meetings with Coach LeBeau and the defensive staff. They asked me to help the young guys get ready for the games, and I loved that preparation more than actually getting back on the field. My body said get back on the field. My mind said all you know is football, hurry up. And I did, but then when I got on the field, I was like – this ain't this ain't it. So the fact, the fact, Mister Ion, what you just said that triggered exactly what happened. Once mm. you know you.
2: Well, Ike, let me steal a question you always ask our guests, and You've uh-huh. been announcing since 1992. What motivates you to keep going?
3: Well, first of all, that, that says a lot about Ike, the the human Absolutely. being, the person, and beyond just the competitor uh, for for you to be so aware and in the moment to know that to know to literally be able to go back to the moment where you knew. Most people are not that hyper aware. they try to camouflage it they try to figure out a way to justify and absolve themselves and you went the other way. you said nope, that's it that there's no more information that I need. I know everything that I need to know. And that says a lot about you as, as a person and a human being for me. I think, I think I go into this every year and I think to myself, this is all I ever dreamed of doing. This is not a cliche. I was, eight years old. My parents asked me what I wanted to do for a living in separate conversations. My father was a stand-up comedian. My mother was a singer. They were entertainers. It was not the normal life. I did not have a normal upbringing by any stretch. And they asked me what I wanted to do. And I told them I wanted to be a sportscaster. And my father said to me, well, that's what you'll do. No hesitation, no question why would you want to do that? absolute positive reinforcement in the moment. I tell my mother, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a sportscaster. She says, great. Well, that's what you'll do. That's very empowering. When you're eight years old and you're told by your parents that you can do what it is you said that you want to do. Not the negative, not the, no, no, no. Come up with a backup plan. This is 1977. So this was not... A normal answer for a kid. So I think back right. to that right. a lot, especially right around this time when the season is coming, I, I recognize how fortunate I am that I get to do this and I get to juggle NFL TV on Sundays, Thursday night football on the radio. And then once the NBA starts and college basketball starts, I'm running around and it's a full time gig. It, it's a lot okay. of moving pieces. So when you take the plunge that every broadcast matters if it's a random tuesday the nets are playing the sacramento kings to me that's just as important as the steelers and the bengals on a sunday why because my name is attached to it somebody is forming their opinion about the job that i've done they don't care about how i got there if my flight was delayed if the hotel I slept in had thin walls and I heard some dude next to me snoring all night with his sleep apnea, none of that matters. It does not matter. They put my room next to the ice machine. Someone came in to get ice at 3 in the morning. Why? I don't know. Why do they need ice at 3 a.m. into a bucket? Why is that waking me up? It makes no sense. It happens. Right. It's real. And then you got to do the game the next day. Nobody cares. Right. They just they just want the finished product. Correct. You gotta you gotta live up to the standard every game. So whatever pressure I put is self-induced. I care a lot. I want it to be really good. I want to make my partner look good. I want to make my broadcast team look good. And that's the mentality that I have for every game. By the way, for every interview. Right. If it's a podcast, I care. You guys are taking the time to have me on. I'm not going to lay an egg. I wanna, I wanna be a good guest. I wanna be interesting. That's got to be your focal point. If you're looking at any of these events as throwaways, then you're in the wrong business.
1: Oh man, you preaching, today, man, God. <laughs> I'm fired up this morning. I, I don't know about you, but like
2: the the <laughs> the hair standing up on my arm over here. I promise.
1: Man, you got you got me just reflecting. I feel like I'm in church right now. <laughs> <laughs> for, for real man you just you just it's it's soaking when you when you're talking it's it's powerful it's it's is it's it's strong it's persuasive and like in a in a good way like and then when I when you talk about your parents it's just like dang they 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 got it the time they answer you because a lot of parents just don't get it because I'm a parent, so I understand. So the fact that both of your parents on two different occasions when you said you wanted to be getting the TV and they said, go for it. you like, that for real? So no rebuttal?
3: Yeah. The the only problem with it at the time Uh is I had a terrible lisp as an eight-year-old. So okay. when my father asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a fourth catheter. He said, okay, well, you'll do that. But you got to get rid of your, your lazy S. And I said, what lazy F? I have no idea what you're talking about. I had no idea. So he had a tape recorder. I taped myself. He said, read this. And then I listened back. I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? So it took about two weeks. I just did it on my own exercise after exercise after exercise and after two weeks the s was corrected so yes it was a good conversation but i had to get some stuff sorted out or uh, i'm not sure this whole thing would have worked out for me fortunately uh we we did it
2: you're getting your reps in well before you got to syracuse then is what <laughs> yeah. it sounds like
3: or Syracuse <laughs> that that wouldn't have sounded as good i needed to address some of my stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, sir. The last time we had you on, Ian, you mentioned how before games you meet with the teams, you mentioned meeting Dan Rooney and a sweaty Bill Cower who would come in <laughs> after playing yes. racquetball. Yes. Is there yes. ever like a pregame meeting, whether it's the Steelers or another team, that was most memorable in your
3: career? Well, I- I'm not – just tossing out hyperbole here, I, I have obviously met with everybody other than the new head coaches this year. You name a head coach since 1998, I've met with them. So some are one meeting, two meetings, if it's NFC-based, and I don't see that team as often, but I've met with everybody. And Mike Tomlin is the best guy in these meetings. And I'll give you a few reasons why. He's transparent. There's not a question out there that you can't ask him. There are other coaches that you know going in. I don't think I can go there because if I do, it's going to set a tone for the rest of the meeting. Mike Tomlin will tell you, you ask me anything. I'm going to give you the answer I need to give, but you can ask. So the basic premise, Chuck Daly years ago, You know, I've done net games for a long time. Chuck Daly was the head coach of the Nets and I had to interview him for something and it was not an easy topic. Derek Coleman, there was an issue. And before the interview, I said to to Chuck, uh, hey, look, I got to ask you about this. And he said, you can ask whatever you want. He said, there are no tough questions, only tough answers. And it always stuck with me. He's so right. It's based on the person that has to deal with the questions and how they want to deal with it. Mike Tomlin deals with your questions because he's straightforward and transparent. And then the reality is just what he brings. Ike knows better than anybody. Positivity walks into that meeting room. Upbeat walks into the meeting room. Curious about you. What's going on with you? Not many coaches care. He actually cares. He asks questions. Uh, this is just not the norm. So okay. production meetings are what they are. Some of them are, are often uh, pretty standard. And you look at your yellow pad at the end of it, you say, there's not a whole lot that I can use on the air. Right. But you know, fortunately, when you get the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know you're going to get the real deal and you're gonna get a feel for the team because the head coach his comportment is such that uh he he's willing to share and he's willing to treat you like a, a professional.
1: That's that's interesting. Coach T you you I mean you know this as well I coach T just different. Yep. Like in a good way like yep he, he just make it easy as much as going on around him being a head coach, I call him a CEO as well of the Pittsburgh Steelers because you got to be in charge of a lot of moving parts, including, you know, his staff on the coaching part and players that's going to play for him in the organization. He just make it fun and easy. And a lot of coaches just don't – they don't get that part, in my personal opinion. You know what I'm saying? That's why, when it, that's why a lot of guys, they don't want to leave Pittsburgh because of Coach T. Like, they will rather stay for a couple of dollars less because they already know just hearing it from other guys coming from yep. other teams. Coach T, just ask Miles Jack, for instance. Like, Miles, like, man, Coach T's just fun to work with. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got Devin Bush who's coming off of uh, – or his contract is coming up. Um, Coach T has been so transparent to him on what's going on with that situation. But he don't, he don't want to leave. You know, it's yeah. just – Coach T just, I mean, I, I remember when Coach Kyle stepped down and he said he was done coaching. And I saw 412 432. That's the facility at Starsville, yeah, yeah. right? I picked up the phone. I said, Coach T, he was like, How you know this me? I said, Coach T, nobody called me at 6 30 in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a feeling that was you. Congratulations, yeah, new job. Blase yeah. blase and Coach T hit me with the A hey, You Ready to Roll and win some yeah. and went some uh Super Bowls. And I was like, and I just came from Coach Tom Shaw for my second workout. I wanted to go work out again after I got the ball with Coach T. But like you say, I, I he just make it, he just make it so easy. Yeah. You know, to be yeah. at to, to be at work. There's a lot yeah. of people work and they don't want to be there. Coach, team, makes it so fun and exciting and easy to actually can't wait to go to work.
3: Yeah, you, you end up uh, certainly in, in this position because you meet so many different people and you meet them under sometimes uh, stranger circumstances. If a team is losing a lot and now you walk in and you got to ask them questions and it's not necessarily an easy dynamic. You learn about emotional intelligence. <laughs> and reading a room and understanding that there's action and reaction. If you say something, it doesn't just stay there in the ether. There's a reaction to what you say. And I just find with Mike Tomlin, he understands that as well as anybody, that his words are important, how he says them are important, how he handles situations and relationships. Are important and at the end of the night when your head hits the pillow we all know we all face this what'd you do that day did you put good in the world did did you do things the right way did you try to cut corners did you try to screw somebody over like oh you know you know and i think mike tomlin recognizes the responsibility he has, right, right, as a head coach, and how it affects others. It's it's impressive. Oh, Mr. Aya, you off? <laughs> <laughs> you you, <laughs> you dropping them with gems,
1: gold nuggets. <laughs> That's all you. I don't know what kind of tea or coffee.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Never I had know- coffee. <laughs> Never had it in my life. Ooh, Never man, had a sip.
1: Listen. You dropping number gold nuggets. That's all you dropping. That's all you dropping. Man, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying it. Ian, is it. there a sporting
2: event in your career that you would still want to announce that you haven't yet?
3: Oh, oh, I uh, mean- have have not done a Super Bowl, but this year I'm actually doing the Super Bowl for the World Feed, and uh, that'll be a bucket list item and. Uh, just excited to to be a part of it. I've been a host for CBS on three of them. So I've been associated with it, uh, but never actually chance to call the game. I've done the NBA finals on a world feed for a number of times. I've done the NCAA championship on a world feed. I'm huge in uh, in Indonesia. Like I can't walk the streets of Indonesia without a, a crowd scene, but no, I'm not. Uh, the reality is, that's the biggest game. That's the biggest event to me. And a chance to be a part of it this year is going to be really special. Congrats. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you.
1: First time, you said?
3: Yeah, first time. I never never called the Super Bowl prior to the, the one that's coming up.
1: That's wow. that, that's huge, Mr. Ayaan. Yeah, it'll know, be cool. Yeah. Oh, I know you're going to be so ready for that.
2: So... <laughs> do you think so, the two teams will be that will be there announce- when you're announcing all the way in February? Who ah, will be there? Yes,
3: yes, yes. The dreaded question, because there's video that will now be out there forever and ever once you make this statement.
2: I have to ask.
3: I get it, I get it. Look, in my mind, the best team in the NFL, and maybe they were the people's champ last year, and they didn't quite get to the mountaintop, but the Buffalo Bills, to me, pound for pound, The best team in the nfl Uh, if you're forcing me into a corner to pick a team coming out of the afc it would be buffalo i think they're ready for that next step of course barring major injury and uh, any kind of adversity behind the scenes but buffalo to me stands out as as the best squad and in the nfc boy i'm i'm still trying to figure it out myself Uh, things are are still a bit wide open Teams that I would be ready to jump on the bandwagon have question marks. Green Bay, wide receiving core, uh, Tampa Bay, injury after injury. Tom Brady, can he do it again? Uh, San Francisco, the quarterback transition. How does the team handle it? Do they go back to the well if it doesn't go well after the Garoppolo announcement came through? Dallas, the big moment. Can they actually take the big moment and turn it into a run? Uh, These are all legitimate burning questions in the NFC. New Orleans, the the post-Sean Payton era, post-Drew Brees year two. uh, Is Jameis Winston, who works his butt off, is he ready? Is he mature? Is he prepared to take this team and, and raise the level? A lot of stuff out of the NFC that uh, is still unanswered to me. So uh, I'm not copping out. I really just don't – I don't have a feel. I don't have a pick yet as to who's going to emerge there.
1: He hit us with a coach he (laughs) answered.
3: Say a lot of good things. And then people jot it down, and then they look up and say, wait, he didn't answer the question, though. (laughs)
2: all right we like you answered it you answered it i i'll go on record with you bills over the bucks is what my pick is ike if you want to if you want to go on record too that's what i got and it'll probably look foolish months from now but that's my prediction
3: Uh, i'll latch on with you i'm I'm cool with jumping on the bandwagon no problem
1: you know i gotta stay out of that one
3: yeah all right all right right, Uh, guys
2: yes Ian, thank you so much for you your time. It. And you. uh, I would encourage our listeners and viewers to find your burner account on Twitter. And your- <laughs> Good luck.
3: Not going to happen.
1: Hey, thanks for coming on the show. You was dropping gems today. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> you got it, guys. Love talking to you. I know it's going to be an interesting season. And uh, I'll be there week one, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. And then I'll be there week two at Pittsburgh, New England taking on the Steelers. So I'm going to have a pretty good feel for this squad through the first two weeks. And uh, we know that uh, the NFL offseason, everybody celebrates because they they feel like there's optimism. But the proof is in the pudding. And uh, week one is is one of those real fun times in the NFL because opinions change dramatically and sometimes unfairly. But uh, we get to see it for real, and uh, I couldn't be more happy about it.
1: Appreciate you.
3: See you, guys.
2: Thank you. Ian Eagle, thanks for the time.
3: See ya.